Hi, thank you for joining us today. I'm Tanya, your host of Choosing Me First. This is an open mic conversation between myself and my husband. This conversation is about the love of oneself. Well, hello, my name is Darrell. I am married to this beautiful woman, Tanya Harris, and we're having a conversation about life and how we as human beings need to accept and nourish and love ourselves. As, as we were talking earlier and she decided to turn mic on and, and uh, broadcast this episode, so uh, my prayer is that whatever is said today may enrich your life tremendously. We were talking about how when we when we travel through these days of life, we go there in Psalm 91, uh, the Bible says, you know, let us number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. So as we continue to wake up and see sunrises, we are blessed beyond measure when that sunshine hits our face. We take our time to reflect and thank the God of heaven for another opportunity to travel on this thing we call life. So with that being said, I'll turn it back over to our host for introduction. So Darrell, let me ask this. So what does it mean for a person to have a love for oneself? That is an excellent question. Thank you for asking that. When, when I, and this is my humble opinion, when I think about self-love, well, let me tell you what self-love is not. Self-love is not that I'm better than you because of where I live at or how much money I got in my bank, what kind of car I drive, you know, the mannerisms and behaviors that I exhibit. I may be better off, but I'm not better than. So self-love to me is when the master says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So applying that biblical analogy, we have three parts. So man is a triune being, but we have a, we have flesh, we have a mind, we have a spirit. Mm -hmm. We need to love and nurture each individual part. In today's society, my, my opinion is that man clearly nourishes the physical part and the mental part. You have all these education, educational events, you have all this knowledge and wisdom, you can exercise, you can do all these things. However, the most important part of mankind that, that God gave us is our spirit. Explain that. So, I don't, you can't see me, but if you can just cup your hand in front of your face and just breathe on it. That's what we call the breath of life. So without the breath of life, your physical body ceases, 
and your mind sees this. So when God gave us life, gave us a part of his spirit, that's the part of us that transcends this place that we call earth, that we call this human body. How do you nurture and care for that? You take time to meditate. You take time to pray. You take time to read words of wisdom and discernment so that you can apply wisdom and discernment to your life. So what part of our being are we to love? Would you say? We're to love all parts of our being. The most important part to love and nurture is our spiritual part. This The world has it upside down. Because once again, without the spirit in you, then you are nothing. There, there are spiritually dead people walking amongst us right now. But, Elaborate on that a little bit more. Well, you have individuals that you know, the homeless population, some of these individuals, they say have mental issues. I'll say they have some, they have some spiritual diseases going on. They have, they have a disease or disease of the spirit. So something in their life has caused their spirit to close up like a tight fist. So when you got a closed tight fist, you can't put nothing in it. Our spirits are designed to flourish and open up like a flower. That's why it says, let your light so shine amongst men that your father in heaven will be, will be uh, honored. So it's not, about, it's not about me. It's about who I serve. Now, I'll clarify that with a statement. And for y'all who think I'm preaching, I'm not. I'm teaching. There's not a righteous one. No, not one. So in and of ourselves, we are not righteous. But if we have a relationship with the most high God of heaven, then we can be righteous in our position when we deal with him. And then we can vibrate on that level of love. And that way our light shines amongst men. And one thing about your light is either going to attract or repel people. Explain that a little bit more. What do you mean by that? Give examples. We've discussed some before. So give an example. Okay. So let's say during my, in my past days, years ago, when I was in the streets, running up and down the streets, doing all these things to please my flesh. So I was not feeding my spirit. And the individuals that I used to do these self, these, these flesh pleasing uh, events, activities, see me today. And they'll say, hey, Durell, long time no see how you been doing. And I said, man, you know, I'm just, I'm living life, you know, just thankful to be alive, you know, working to, working to serve the Lord. And they'll look and be like, oh, wow, really? So either that comment or my countenance, the way my light is shining, either they're going to, either they're going to come in a little closer and say, tell me more, or they're going to be like, all right, dude, see you later. Another example is, you can just be working on your job every day. And your co-workers that you, you know, you see them, hey, how you doing this morning, Bob and Jill and, and Sarah and Jody, etc. And then they come and share very personal things with you. And you'd be like, oh my God. 
That's because they see your light. They see that you have a, a confidence about yourself that you, you're not going to gossip about what they share with you. That you may actually pull them aside and have a prayer with them. I have done that. So letting your light so shine is just allowing the presence of God to rest upon you so that that grace and mercy that flows from the throne of God flows through you out to other people and they sense that if they are in tune with that type of life. And if they're not? And if they're not, they're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're odd. They're going to think you're peculiar. So tie this in with self-love or a love for oneself. Love for oneself is, is making sure that you are in a mindset that you can you can exude love to people. That's taking the time to, to, to meditate, to pray, to take to, to have that inner strength that when someone comes to you and and tries to uh, tell you who you are, you have the fortitude to our, to know who you are. So now that you've said that, let me explain something that happened to me Saturday. I'm in a store. As I enter into this store, I see this woman. As I travel through the store and I'm shopping, I'm now at the other end of the store. This very same woman I saw approaches me and this is what she says. Excuse me. I say, yes. She said, I just wanted to say for a bigger woman, you're actually beautiful. Really? Oh, and by the way, are those real? She was speaking about what is what real? She was asking if the wedding bands and the jewelry I had on my hand were real. But what struck me is the fact that she said first, for a bigger woman, let me say this, I didn't even know that I'm a big woman. I just thought that I'm a woman. The second thing she said is that I was actually beautiful as if she was surprised. So... I've been thinking about that and I'm glad that I know myself and have a love for myself because people, they no longer whisper behind your back and talk about who they think you are to other people. They now come to your face and try to tell you who you are. And if it wasn't for the love that I have for myself and knowing who I am, from the curves of my hip to the arch in my back, I would have been offended. And I probably would have told her something that wasn't spiritual. So what I did was I looked at her and I walked away. What do you think about that? just reminds me of how when people see your light shining so obviously your light was shining you just you know you you going through life in a grocery store 
your shopping, you know, minding your own business. But people see your light. They see your countenance. They see your continence. They see your they see your aura around you. And they like, man, that person has a beautiful aura. So either they're gonna come to you with some love, or they're gonna come to you with some with some foolishness, or they're just gonna just notice you from a distance. So I would say I've had similar experiences. I had, I had one I'll share with you myself. I was at a local store here. This was probably last week. And I'm buying dog food for my dog. And there's a couple in one aisle. I'm in the other aisle looking for the dog food. But the bag is so far in the back of the shelf, I could not reach it. So I walked back around to the other section. By the stacks, I grabbed one of those long bones uh, that I used to feed my dog. But I don't feed it to him anymore. So the lady, is a couple, the lady said, oh, is that for you? And she may have mean it, meaning it in a jokingly way. And I just looked there and I said, well, no, I'm using it to get the bag of dog food I can't reach. So as I was walking away, I was feeling some kind of way about it. And I'm thinking, that was really odd. Lady don't know me. But I had to remind myself of who I am. So I used the I am statements, which means, you know, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am redeemed. I am loved by my creator. I am love. I am peace. I am joy. I am strong. I am I am a confident man. I am a good husband. I'm a good father, etc., etc., etc. So I use those I am statements to reinforce my inner man to keep myself elevated to the level on vibration where my light shines and people, they'll see it. And once again, either it's going to attract them or it's going to repel them. Either way, I'm fine because I'm walking in my uniqueness of who God made me to be. I only can be who God made me to be. So I say to all the listeners, you can't change who you are. You can't change your skin tone. Right. You can't change your eye color. I mean, right. they have ways that you can you can alter it. But you can't change it. Right. So look in the mirror and tell yourself who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made in the image of the most high God. You are who God says you are. Use I am statements to build yourself up. And I'm going to leave. I'm going to drop on this real quick. I'm going to throw a movie analogy in there for some of y'all who may have seen this movie. It's called Get Out. You seen that movie? If not, look, find it. It was uh, probably three or four years ago. It's called Get Out. And the character was this brother who was dating this Caucasian lady went to uh, their house. But anyway, the scene the scene I'm specifically talking about that the, the, the mother was some type of hypnotist. And she was hypnotizing this young man without him knowing it. So she was spinning this spoon around this cup, teacup, and when she said, ding, he starts sinking. And she said, now you're going to the sunken place. Mm -hmm. So, which means his inner man, so this world will take your your light and try to get it into a sunken place mm. where it's not shining. Okay. So when you're down in that sunken place, this is an, this is an internal conversation, internal mechanism that's happening to you. 
you got to use some I am statements to bring and build yourself back up to where you are. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Who you are because as a man thinketh in his heart or in his mind, so is he. So when you love yourself and have self-love, you walk in a way that that shows and displays that self-love. Now, some people would say if we walk in that, that we're arrogant. What do you say? Or we think we're better than? I'll say this then. You know, I have four dogs downstairs. And as they used to say back in the day, if a dog don't wag his tail, who's going to wag it for him? So what am I saying? I'm glad you asked. If you don't have self-confidence, not conceited, not, not being conceited, but being confident in the God-given abilities that you have, who else is going to put you on display? How are you going to walk and talk and live in this world and not have confidence? Remember I told you about the people who are walking around here that are, are spiritually dead, for a lack of a better term? Mm-hmm. They, their confidence have been stripped away by this world and everything that's in it. They have allowed all of these external things, life, circumstances, causes, and effects, what people say, how people act, how people behave towards them, to it. They've internalized those things, and now they act according to the way these other individuals, everything outside of them, views them. Should we ever listen to what other people have to say? When it comes to us personally? It depends on the source. Explain. Well, you got to see if a person has has your best intention in mind. And how do you know if they don't? You have to have the spirit of discernment. And how do you have that? Because if they've told you some things in the past that didn't that did not work out for you, then you have to kind of pause and reflect and say, okay, well, I've listened to you before and it didn't work out. And if a person... Well, I'll say this. If a person has something to gain, then you might want to pause a little bit. If a person is saying something to you just to help you and they're expecting nothing in return, then you may want to investigate that some and and see because obviously they care enough to pull you aside and say, hey, you know, I noticed this and that about uh, that situation. I want to encourage you to. And, and if that's something that's going to take you in the right direction, then by all means, you know, follow that to your own degree. Don't, don't, uh, don't allow everybody to come to you and whisper in your ear and you do things that they, that they require you to do or ask you to do. Don't you think that we have to have a deep, honest conversation with ourselves about who we are? And that way, when people come to us with things about us or say things about us personally, wouldn't we automatically know whether those things are true or not? Well, of course. That's called, that's self-talk. So now you're talking about the conversations that you have. 
So there's three primary conversations that we have as human beings, or we should have. What everybody are those? Have, everybody don't have these conversations, but I have them. So I have three different conversations. I have a conversation with me and my God of heaven. That's through prayer, or that's just a conversation like I'm sitting here talking to you. Mm-hmm. And then there's my own internal or self-talk conversation. That's when I use the I am statements. Okay. That I am who God says I am. And what's the third? The third conversation is a conversation you and I have between myself and another person. So I'll just break it down to you like this. If you have a conversation with the most high God and that conversation is right, then you're going to have an internal conversation with yourself. That's going to be all right. So your conversation with other people is going to be all right. So if someone comes to you and, and tries to tries to tell you who you are, first and foremost, they don't have the authority to tell you who you are. I don't care if they're your boss, if they're your spouse, if they're your, whoever this person may be. They do not have the authority, first and foremost, to tell you who you are. So you pray. And ask the God of heaven, Lord, who am I? And then you sit and you meditate and you wait. And this doesn't take, you know, if you're not used to meditating, then it's something you have to, to learn how to do. If you can do five minutes up to 10 minutes, you know, some people meditate 20, 30 minutes. I try to get at least 10 to 15 minutes of meditation time in every day. So that, that basically meditation is quieting of the mind that you're not thinking about all the roles that you feel. You're not mm-hmm. thinking about, man, I need to go to the grocery store. I need to put gas in my car. I need to go wash these clothes. I got to pick these kids up from school. I'm going to get this dog a bath. Oh, I got to go to the bank, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You, you, you empty your mind of all of that clutter and you sit in stillness and quietness and just be. Listen to your breathing. And then as you do that, then you what then you get to what we call your core and your center. That's where God dwells. And for those who who like anatomy, that is in your solar plexus area, right? About for men is right below our chest. Right above our, well, let's see. It's like in the middle of our body. It's called the solar flexus area. Women, same area. Right below your chest. Right where, kind of where your liver sits at. That's the area where your emotions are centered. So if you have a, something happens, you're going to feel it in that area. Your mind is going to conceive it. That's where your body is going to feel it. Hmm, Interesting. So that's where you store all of your memories and all of your pain and all of your all of your emotions, et cetera, et cetera. That's another episode. But you take that time and you just pray and you breathe in and out from that solar flexus area and you breathe in that light and you breathe out light, in light, out light. And that way God is centering you so that as you travel through this day, you are able to walk circumspectively amongst those without, without the same knowledge and understanding that you have. Define 
circumspectly. That means walking in wisdom. That's walking in discernment. That's being able to pause and reflect because you know who you are. You don't allow somebody to walk up to you and call you a derogatory name and you fly off the handle. You pause and reflect. You don't allow external circumstances to affect your inner man or your inner self because you are at peace. You have a peace because you understand who you are. And once I think human beings on a large scale understands that they are spiritual beings having a human experience versus a human being with a spirit. I'll say that one more time. When human beings understand that they are spiritual beings having a human experience versus being a human with the spirit, it should be the spirit controlling the human, not the human controlling the spirit. And that takes a lot of work. That's not something that you can just say, you know what, today I'm just going to be led by my spirit. You have to work on that because this world is going to fight against that. Mm -hmm. It's going to vex your spirit. It's going to test your spirit. So be careful what you ask for. Because the, the, the universal mind, God, will, will say, oh, that's what you want. There it is. And you got to be able to deal with it. Just like the, the, the incident of the lady in the store. You said you had prayed and asked God for some guidance. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? Here's your test. Right. Because when, because when we pray and ask God for patience, God just don't walk by and sprinkle patience on us. We get opportunities to be patient. When we ask for a better understanding of something, it just don't walk by and sprinkle it on us. It gives us opportunity to be a kinder person, for example. Well, as always, honey. I love sitting and talking with you because of the wisdom that you have to share. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining in on my, my podcast with me. Thank you all for listening. Again, if what has been said today has changed your life or added value to your life, please feel free to um, either donate or, or give funds that will help me continue my episodes. You can cash at me at dollar sign, capital T, capital H, A-R-R-I-S 68. Until next time, take a moment. Choose you first. <laughs>